0: You see, the doctors, society it only name. came so because we had the fathers, the, the monster, father, we, we, we let them move, the move, 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 move. move. But now, all we have to do is make a picture. Societal. Societal. You Mock swagger, I'm calling you out. Uh, just making a joke. Uh, this is Haas Bossman with Breadsheet, this podcast. My fake name is Haas Bossman. My guest's fake name is Christy yamaguchi main today on the inaugural episode of Breadsheet. I'm not going to do a long intro for this. I might do long intros sometimes if I want to. But I was up very late last night making theme music, doing the last edits on this podcast. Only part one of a two-part episode, interview, whatever you want to call it, with Mr. Crispy Meme Donut himself, the TDZ, a.k.a. King, Mr. Christy Yamaguchi-main. At Crispy Meme Donut, also known as Ass Warfare, his burner account. He is a daily zeitgeist stalwart. That's a podcast that we submit AKAs to. He has submitted a billion of them. And, if you don't know what I'm talking about, well, whatever. He's a cool dude, and you should listen to this interview with him, because he's pretty smart, and chill, and fun to talk to. Um, I was probably a little awkward. I was really hot, sitting in a closet, and, of course, you know, first episode, a little anxious, but... I'm going to keep going with this. I hope you enjoy it. Subscribe, please like, and uh, leave a five-star review. Even if you think this sucks, you know, just to be nice, leave a five-star review and say that it's really, really great because, you know, that'll help me out and you don't have to listen to it. You can just like subscribe and let it just keep downloading into your feed and that'll like put my numbers up. And everybody wins, right? And You'll just have like a little extra space on your phone. That way, we're cooperating. See, that's what this is all about. Somebody needs to make a bread sheet. That's a spreadsheet about bread. Now, let me explain. I'm not going to explain that right now. I'm just going to go ahead and go to the interview with Mr. Christy Yamaguchi Main. He is at crispy meme donut. I am at haas underscore bossman. You might hear that uh, the quality of this sound is going to be different from the quality of the sound of my voice on uh, the recording, and that's because we had a bunch of technical difficulties, and I had to do a really weird thing that I'm not going to get into right now, but at some point, if you want me to explain it, I will, maybe on the next episode, but I'm just so tired. I was up super late, and now I'm supposed to be working. Technically, I think I'm committing time theft right now. Uh, but I just wanted to get this episode up real quick. I figure, you know, this is like about the amount of time I would be on a, a smoke break or a bathroom break or something like that. So it's okay. Um, and plus, you know, all wage labor under capitalism is exploitation. So I think we're doing good. We're off to a, a great start. Opening up episode one of Breadsheet with some time theft, stealing from the capitalists. So, um, uh, yeah, that. We don't really get political in this first half. This is just the part one. Um, I, I, I realized when I was editing it that, oh, this is my podcast and I can split it into two parts so this doesn't have to take two weeks. I can just release part one and then I'll uh, try to get the next part out uh, by the end of this weekend. So, yeah. This um, part one with Chris Yamaguchi, man. This is just like some behind... little peek behind the curtain. Getting to know Mr. Crispy Meme Donut. He... Uh, uh, we just talked music and Wilmington and, you know, a few other things. Oh, I just had a, a ding. I wonder if that came through on the mic. Well, this is a good conversation. The second half, which I'll release, like I said, next week, that we go into more talking about the the protests, Black Lives Matter, this incredible historical moment. That's, you know, probably going to be the more, uh, the more substantive uh, half of the podcast, but this first half is very informative and very fun. It's it's uh, it's a it's a hang. You know, we're not professional comedians or public speakers or anything. We're just chilling, talking, um, talking about stuff that we think matters. At least for the uh, the second half of the show, and for the first half, just sort of shooting the shit. Sort of reminded me of in my musician days. Like musicians were always not always, but often really fun people to hang out with because they just have a lot of stories you know they travel a lot they meet a lot of weird people and a lot of them are really weird people so this uh, and chris chris main is a musician and he's kind of a weird guy just like me and just like probably most of the people listening to this that's what unites us all we're all kind of weirdos in our own way right so um the point of this podcast is to fix society I have a YouTube channel called Haas Bossman. Just go to YouTube.com and search for Haas Bossman and look at my videos. Subscribe, like, and all that stuff. And without any further ado, here is Mister Christie Yamaguchi Main. I think mid sentence is where we start.
1: Uh, man, the the more the more things uh, get simplified, the more difficult they end up being when something goes wrong.
0: That's very true. That's like. Apple products, I love them because they're so user-friendly, but whenever you have to do something, like, just a little bit more complicated,
1: there's, like, can't figure it out. The slightest thing out of pocket ends up being a pain in the ass. Yeah.
0: All right, man. Well, since we've already um, exhausted 28 minutes. um...
1: (laughs) Dude, I I am on no schedule, man. Like okay. you, yeah, I, I know, I know you just got off work, uh, but, uh, yeah, if you want to redo the mm-hmm. intro and stuff and like go into whatever framework you want to do, then go for it, man. Take your time with this thing, dude. Okay. I, I appreciate your
0: patience in my yeah brand new endeavor. Yeah, um, of course, dude, you're, you're,
1: you're, uh, flying by the seat of your pants on this shit. Dude.
0: Absolutely. I, <laughs> uh, you, you know, I used to, uh, write for uh, flagpole magazine in Athens, Uh So I've done my share of interviews, but they were all like for, I would record them, but they were just for my use for like writing articles. Right. And like it would, uh, I would, the way that I did it back then, this was like back in like almost 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. um, I would record them, I would like open up GarageBand on my computer call google call the like pr person through google voice they would connect me to whoever i was interviewing and then i would record their voice coming out of my speakers into the microphone and garage band
1: holy Um, shit
0: but it was just for me to transcribe so it didn't really have to sound good but right right but you sound really clear are you using that uh zoom
1: mic yeah, I am. I'm using that, uh, that IQ six, uh, actually DJ Daniel from Zeitgeist recommended it because I wanted something. I, I want to start interviewing my dad and start getting some of his stories, uh, down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted something that was decent quality that I could just take over there and set between him and I, and, uh, just start asking him questions and basically just get him talking because you don't need much of anything to kickstart that mouth of his. Mm-hmm. And, uh, once he's going, man, his stories are never ending. So we've got plans to do that as soon as we feel like it's it's pretty safe to like be in close proximity for with each other. Oh yeah, that's a bummer
0: that uh, I haven't been able. My parents only live like an hour and a half away from me, but uh-huh. I haven't seen them since the since the pandemic began.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I feel you. But, but yeah,
1: do you want to do you want to do, do the intro or, or whatever you've got in mind? I don't know how you wanted to start this thing. I know it's rec- obviously recording. You can chop all this stuff up, but however you want to intro it, we can we can do it. man. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'll
0: probably like record an intro. You can hear my voice is still kind of scratchy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: I'll uh,
0: I'll probably record a different like an intro later. And put, put gotcha. that in. Okay. But for now, let's just uh, go ahead and get started okay Uh, welcome christy amaguchi man to the i guess this is the inaugural episode of bread sheet as i think i might wind up calling it
1: i'll uh it's honestly it's a i know it was a placeholder name but it's not a bad name at all
0: it actually has kind of a a meaning which i'll uh maybe tell you later when i because i have a few stuff to kind of lead up to i kind of want to end with just talking about like what the fuck do you think i should do this podcast about (laughs) your brain a bit um But Okay, so let's start with, uh, like I said earlier, um, since we're kind of, uh, it's mostly going to be Zeitgang probably, maybe only Zeitgang listening to this, (laughs) the first episode anyway. Um, My mom
1: might listen to this, and that might be the only person besides Zeitgang that gives it a try
0: uh yeah my friend um samuel will definitely listen to it because he <laughs> listens to he's the only friend i have who also listens to daily zeitgeist and nice he's like not on social media really so right he'll probably be excited to just like hear Christiana Gucci main's voice oh shit
1: <laughs> we well, you'll have to uh, I'll, I'll send him a, a signed like eight by ten of something uh oh. not my face but I'll, I'll send him uh like a thanks for listening postcard or some shit. Hell
0: yeah. I'm sure you'd really <laughs>
1: appreciate that. Um,
0: I will uh, send you his address. Uh, yeah. So, um, But uh, the, I thought, like I said, I thought it would be a cute way to start by um, wh- what's, what's something that's overrated. Let's rip off daily zeitgeist to get the ball rolling.
1: <sighs> so something that's overrated. I struggle with this one. Every time I listen to an episode of that, Because I like everything that I start to think is overrated, I start to justify why it's not, like why it's like why there's a good reason people like the things that they do. But I will say, overrated is having hair. Uh, And that's a personal one because I was like 21, 22 when I started going bald. But once I took the razor to this thing, once I, uh, as Bamani Jones famously says, once I came home, Uh, As far as my hairline, uh, there was no turning back, and it is amazing. It feels incredible. I never have to worry about uh, going and getting haircuts. Like, all the people during the pandemic that have talked about, like, you know, can't wait to get back to the barber and all this stuff. Now, don't get me wrong. If I had a good head of hair, I would be singing a completely different tune, but I do not. So I'm going to lie and say that I don't miss it at all. Uh, but I think it's overrated having hair, like shaving your head or just keeping it close cropped. Man, it feels amazing. You just, yeah, sh- you know, razor it in the shower, you get like an electric razor and you buzz it every, every couple of days and you're good to go. So either having hair. And my second one is dishwashers. um, Dishwashers, having an electric dishwasher, uh, it, they're great. However, like if you just wash the pans that you just used to cook, like right after dinner, like you don't have to use that water bill. That electric bill goes down. Like you don't have to wait and like fill up. You know, you, your dishes start running low because you haven't used enough to like fill up the dishwasher to justify running a load and stuff. Like I feel like it was one of these appliances of modern convenience that was like a status symbol. And then it just became like a standard appliance to have, but like you get yourself a drying rack and you just like kind of keep up with a little bit, like you don't need a dishwasher. Like I've got a way too expensive dishwasher in my kitchen and I like washing dishes. I like standing there and like scrubbing them and then setting them out to dry. And then like, I don't know, there's something kind of like therapeutic about it to me. So that's what I'll go with my underrated. Well, I mean,
0: yeah, that. uh,
1: having, like, washing dishes
0: is kind of actually, like, when I used to, you know, have to work in restaurants and stuff, I would always try to be the one to wash dishes, just because if you put in headphones, you got a podcast, audio books, so music, yep. and then, like, I, I like doing stuff like that. Like, honestly, I've always thought that, especially since, like, just having a phone in your pocket and just being able to listen to anything all the time has you become... Literally a Yep, yep. Like, I, you know, I used to always like think man i never especially growing up on a farm and stuff like i never want to have to do manual labor for a living right but now it's like i mean if it paid well i wouldn't really mind doing manual labor just because i could just listen to stuff the whole time and yeah absolutely right by
1: oh well that's that i mean that's uh that's essentially what my job is now Uh, i detail cars Uh, full-time at a dealership here in town and I absolutely love it and there's something similar to like washing dishes like that manual labor that immediate satisfaction that gratification you get from like completing a task and like seeing the difference from where you started to where you ended and yeah you're damn right all day long I spend with an earbud in my ear listening to um, Daily Zeitgeist or Reply All or Dan Lebitard show or an audio book or even just listening to YouTube videos, you know, like what we've learned over the past like decade, two decades or whatever, like since podcasts started becoming a thing, is that so much of the visuals that you need to tell a story are not necessary. Like the audio format, is is it's nice to have those visuals but that's two senses that you need to dedicate to consuming information if i can excuse me i had to burp for a second bless you if i can if i can complete a task uh by just dedicating one sense to it then hell yeah i'm gonna vacuum i'm gonna mow the grass i'm gonna do like everything i actually need to get done instead of having to dedicate my eyes to something so, yeah, I I, I I dig it. I know we just got off on a hell of a tangent there as far as uh, dishwashers being overrated. But, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Oh, yeah, no, that's, I mean, tangents. Some of my
0: favorite podcasts are the ones that have, like, super long tangents. You're like, what the fuck was this supposed to be about <laughs> exactly. So, I like, I, I, uh, I, I thrive on a, a lack of structure most of the time. Yeah, I'm right there with you, right there with you. <clears throat> Um, but yeah, the, uh, so it was, uh, your, your overrateds were, um, dishwashers, which I think you gave some very compelling reasons for that. And I mean, the Thank thing you. that you said about, uh, the, about, you know, just washing your stuff after you use it, like I lived in a house that didn't have a dishwasher with like five other people back mm-hmm. in college. Mm-hmm. And we figured out very quickly that we needed, cause none of, you know, it was a bunch of guys, like 20 <laughs> yeah. year olds. Right. We realized that like. We had to come up with a system. So what we all did was each of us had one plate, one cup, like one of each utensil, just like one of everything that you need.
1: Just like and, prison, you know, just, just yes. like prison or like being a cowboy out on the Wild West or some shit. Like you got your tin plate and your, your one spoon and your tin cup. And that's like that's all you used. Yep. Yeah.
0: And I mean, it, it works well. Um, and you <laughs> don't wind up with like dishes piling up and stuff. And yeah. Yeah, um, and then the other thing, having a shaved head, I also had some, uh, or I guess overrated having hair, right?
1: Yeah, um, there you
0: go. The uh, Yeah, when I was uh, in my early 20s, I had long hair, like, you know, down to my nipples. Mm-hmm. And my uh, friend of mine kept telling me, like, dude, you just got to shave it off. Just get rid of it. Like, <laughs> it'll feel so good to, like, get rid of all your hair all at once. Like, Right, that. right. And he was so right about that. And ever since then, like every time it starts getting like barely a little bit hot, I always shave all my hair. Yeah, hot. man, it
1: feels incredible. Um, I right before like before, so like I went like around the age of like twenty, I started noticing my hair was receding. And mm-hmm. all my grandfathers and or both my grandfathers and my dad have, you went bald real young. So I knew it was coming. But around twenty twenty one it went from like zero to 60. Like my hair said, fuck you. I'm out. And it was gone (laughs) hardcore. And so before that though, right before that I had grown my hair down past my shoulders and I used to put it in pigtails. I used to put it in braids, um, and had the big beard to go along with it. Um, and uh, that's how I just used to that that was the style. But then I, I was like, oh, my God, this shit is getting so thin on top. And then when I shaved it, when it, it was just like it was it was uh, uh, Andy Dufresne at the end of Shawshank Redemption, like standing uh-huh. in the rain. It was the most <laughs> liberating feeling of like never having to be insecure about that again, because I see dude look. No shade on anybody that's holding on to that last little bit of wisp that that uh you know the dandelion fuzz laying on the top of their head. I get it, man. I get it. However, if you just come home, if you just own it, you will feel more confident. You will feel uh, like you'll you'll never have to think about it again. And I promise you, your head is not as weirdly shaped as you are insecure about it you know it's not as bad as you think it is i promise
0: yeah no i totally agree i think <laughs> i think all all guys should shave their head like before they you know might start going bald just so that they can like see that it doesn't fucking matter it's yeah not a exactly big deal,
1: you know? exactly Hey, somehow yeah. I ended up with my wife who is uh, incredible with a completely bald head and a gigantic beard. And I still don't know how I did it, but, uh, I am super thankful for it. Well, see, there you go,
0: man. That's, and <laughs> I I remember my sister telling me that she thinks, uh, but guys with like male pattern baldness look like distinguished. So, yeah. you know,
1: <laughs> there's, something, yeah, there's something, yeah, there's something particular. like you got guys like like your famous dudes that, that held on what is technically too long, like Jason Statham or Bruce Willis, like those dudes, that, that's, that's a, a style of male pattern baldness. I don't really fully grasp. It's like some secret of the universe, how you can have that little hair, but somehow look cooler than you've ever fucking looked. I don't really get that, but, and that's not the style that, uh, that, that, i had uh unfortunately i may have rocked that a little longer uh than i than i should have if it actually like if i went bald in a pattern that was any kind of appealing but i didn't so i i, I bick to the hell out of it
0: well hell yeah man um i'm <laughs> uh i i love to hear that somebody's secure with uh with their their looks absolutely uh, own that shit all right so uh what's something that's underrated
1: uh underrated so like my overrated was a little like like actually specific my underrated is going to be a little more abstract um the act of observation um interesting what i mean by that is like just uh whether it's growing something from scratch whether you have a garden uh i've got right now i've got a garden going on um and i've also got I, i bought this like screen box this mesh box where I have put caterpillars in and all sorts of bugs that like uh, that form cocoons and stuff. Cause I want to see what they turn into and then I'll release them and stuff. And I, I kept my uh, uh, I released some praying mantis not too long ago uh, for my garden to like eat predators and stuff. And whether it's growing something uh, legal or not illegal or whatever <laughs> you want to do. Uh, but I've got like tomatoes and broccoli and all sorts of stuff. Like just the act of, uh, of, observing like time passing. And that's like the most that's like the most obvious example I can think of is just like even if it's just a plant in the corner of your room, you know, or if you live in an apartment, like something on your deck, you can grow like little herbs and stuff like that. It's the most rewarding thing. And you don't have to do a whole lot when you're growing something, but you're the observation, the noticing that holy shit, this thing is three times taller than it was like a week ago. It like it's it time's going to pass regardless. You might as well observe something and like take pride in that time passing. If that makes sense. That is an abstract
0: one, but that's a, a very cool one. I mean um, the uh, gardening, that's something that I've, I've never really gotten the appeal. I mean, you know, I could always guess, but sure. You know, a couple of years ago, like we were dog sitting for somebody my girlfriend mm-hmm. was gone for the day and mm-hmm. some stuff that she had just planted the dogs like dug it up. So I wanted to like <laughs> <laughs> her not to be like too disappointed when she got home. So I like, right. went out and get, got replacement seeds and came back and, you know, spent the couple
1: hours doing that. And I was like, I totally get why people like gardening now. Like, yeah. 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 Like, oh, and, and, and it's another thing. And... It's another thing that you put, you know, you put a podcast in, you put pop a little earbud in mm-hmm. and you, you go out and and uh, I positioned my garden to where like a weed the house we we bought had some sprinkler systems already going in there and uh, i programmed it the sprinkler system just to hit the garden like twice a day and so i don't really have to do anything i go out in the morning and i check on my little my little praying mantises have like quadrupled in size now so they're like about two inches long and they started off about half an inch when they were born so like i'm watching them grow i'm watching the tomato plants grow the broccoli the, onion, the spearmint the peppers like all sorts of cool shit and uh, so I'm watching that but also like I know this is still an observational thing but Mm -hmm. like observing a situation like sitting back and like not feeling the need to comment on something which I struggle with all the time just (laughs) observing and absorbing uh, is also like part of this is like underrated Is is you could also say just like knowing when to shut the fuck up uh, but observing like a situation instead of, you know, screaming cannonball and jumping off the deep end uh, is also part of it. Just, you know, uh, if that makes sense, does that make sense? I feel like I'm like, it's so abstract, it might not even compute. No,
0: totally. Very, uh, very zen. I'm sure there is like, yeah, some yeah. kind of Buddhist something about that. For sure. Um, just being able to like absorb the moment, um, did, right? right. You know, something that made me think of did Did you guys get to see the um, the
1: eclipse a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah, we did. Did you see it like full totality? Well, not full totality. It mm-hmm. was. Uh, it was. I want to say it was like eighty percent or something like that, or clo- maybe even more than that.
0: Very uh, cool experience. Either way, I I up on my parents' farm, like. Where I live right now, it didn't reach totality, but, you know, just driving an hour and a half up north, like, we barely got, like, like a minute or so of it, Mm -hmm. and um, that was, I highly recommend it, first of all, like, if you ever get a chance. My girlfriend and I have actually been thinking about, there's one um, in coming up in, somewhere in, like, Central America, it's going to pass through in, like, 2024, so we're thinking about maybe planning a trip just, like around that, you know, because I've always wanted to go to Central America anyway, but
1: yeah, I've been to Costa Rica, uh, twice.
0: Um, yeah, two times now and it's incredible. Absolutely. Incredible. I would absolutely love to go there. I'd I'd love to live in just a Spanish speaking country for a while just to like improve my Spanish or learn it at all. But that's, uh, the eclipse that was like kind of one observation, excuse me, that I had after the eclipse was, uh, it was like, It's like you never really get to experience like time passing. Right. And that was what it felt like you were like, you know, fast forwarding the universe and like (laughs) getting to actually like observe something that like only kind of passively is always happening to you. Right. And That's another thing I've always kind of struggled to put into words like what that sensation
1: was like. Yeah. 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 I get it a little bit like you, you have these. So I'm I'm a I don't know how many lists I, if people are listening to this they probably have seen my Twitter or seen me tweet about stuff but I'm a stepdad to three boys mm-hmm. and uh, my middle son is going into his senior year of high school um, and my youngest one is 14 now and uh, I've been in their life for the past 10 years and observing like it's it's the so i don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole of like parent talk and shit because <laughs> it's boring as hell but just the the observing them and observing them uh consuming the universe and 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 like basically you see these moments where they have thoughts that they've never had before and just those little markers of like, man, you just got introduced to a whole new concept. And I don't, I don't try to, but I answer any questions they have and stuff, but just like sitting back and observing them, like, kind of contemplate and kind of wrap their minds around something that they've never thought about before is like one of the coolest observational moments. And it's also, it's a, it's a, like a milestone. It's a signifier of time passing in another person's life. You know, I remember the moments that I had these first like far out thoughts about how the universe worked and how, you know, you know, just anything and everything. And to see that in a a younger, smaller human is, is absolutely Wild. I love it. Yeah, man. I mean, that's, uh, I
0: definitely want to have kids someday. um, And uh, that I I used to teach high school and actually want to start doing that again sometime soon as well. What subject? English. English. Cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, But I, uh, so yeah, I, that was always, you know, just the most, and I've, I've worked with like, I taught, uh, ESL in China mm-hmm. and Taiwan and I've, you know, taught ESL here and also like, you know, like English literature and like the, you know, normal high school teacher right. thing. And, um, I have, uh, that's like always been the most rewarding thing. That's something that you really get to see, to observe in like teaching adolescence, like English literature. Yeah like getting to see them and like you know mixing in philosophy with it and stuff like that just like getting them to like grasp new concepts Mm -hmm. and you know they find it at that age a lot of them you know it's like very profound and you can kind of just see that on their faces so absolutely um All right. So something from your search history that's revealing about who you are. Okay.
1: um, So search (laughs) is
0: a fun question. I love this.
1: So um, I I actually, like before I jumped on this call, um, I I looked at my search history. Um, (laughs) So I was writing an AKA today and I needed something to rhyme with the word chain. And I was trying to find something Italian. Um, uh, I was writing an AKA for miles of gray. And uh, I was it was to like a Jay-Z song and I was trying to rhyme something like I was looking up five grain Italian bread um, uh, just in a desperate attempt. And I ended up abandoning it because I could not find any Italian dish that had that sound in it. Um, But that's that's pretty revealing about me because like I like these are like puzzles to me. These are like, like I get something stuck in my head and until I can get it out, like until I can complete the puzzle, the rhyme scheme, the syllables, the, um, you know, the, I forget the technical names for all this stuff. You're an English teacher. What's the, what's, what's it called? Uh, uh, like the, a number of syllables in a verse or something. Does that, do you know the name for that? Um, that's. That would be like
0: a uh, scansion yeah, is it, like what it. well, it's so, called. Like when you yes. label those things, so like, yeah, like the, the meter, maybe I think right. is what it's called. And then scansion would be like, the so, labeling. so like, it, yeah. I
1: am I, like, I, mm-hmm. I genuinely look up like rhyme schemes and stuff that like, that I'll put in a word from like whatever song I'm trying to parody. And I will like, and I know this sounds like a lot of work, but it's really not. It's we're talking like a few minutes worth of like, does this work out or not? But again, like, I don't do crossword puzzles. I don't do Sudoku. I don't do like any other, like, you know, brain teasers. These are like the brain teasers that I've come up for myself. Um, So that's one of the things, uh, five grain Italian bread, um, because I am, uh, uh, (laughs) I'm I'm, uh, obsessed with that. And then uh, trying to get the rhyme schemes, right. Um, Another thing is uh, John Coltrane's hometown. Um, I saw some post today, I don't even remember where I saw it, where somebody had painted a a mural of John Coltrane um, in Hamlet, North Carolina. And I didn't realize he was from Hamlet, North Carolina. And that's where I'm that's where I'm born and raised in Wilmington, North Carolina. So I've been traveling Highway 74 and going through the town of Hamlet my entire life. And there's another town along 74 called Marshville. And they have famously always had a sign that says, welcome to Marshville, home of Randy Travis. And I've also passed through Hamlet, North Carolina, my entire life. Um, And I they don't have a sign that says home of John Coltrane, one of the greatest American musicians of all time. And. I like I was kind of perplexed by it. Like, why isn't this more well known? And I had to, like, see some like social media posts of this gigantic mural of John Coltrane, you know, uh, on the side of this building to know that this dude was from there. So um, search history being shame on you, Hamlet, for not having any kind of like sign along your highway saying John Coltrane is from here, by the way, like, what are you doing? Get your shit together. Um, it's, that's ridiculous. Did you say Randy Travis is yeah, from so that same town? is like 50 miles away and <laughs> it's like their most favorite okay. thing to display. Like, like they've had like, uh, you know, presentation, they've given them like keys to the city and like, and shit like that. And, and obviously you can't, can't do that with, you know, with, with Hamlet, but like have some kind of marker, have something like John Coltrane is one of the greatest American musicians of all time like have something denoting that hey he was born here like you, you Marshville right down the road is tickled shit that they have Randy Travis as a you know a hometown guy like show some pride in John Coltrane for god's sake you know yeah that is right that's, that's what i'm saying that and that's that's, that's my that's my that's why i got my ire up about it um and the only like and one other thing uh the thin white duke um, I think I was listening to Behind the Bastards the other week, and Robert Evans mentioned something about David Bowie uh, supporting like some fascist politician in the the seventies. And so I looked this up because I was curious, like what the what the hell he was talking about. And uh, uh, I think it was an episode with like Bridget Todd. Uh, was the guest but I look looked up the thin white duke and apparently like he said that like you know obviously he was doing a hell of a lot of drugs back then and he blamed a lot of his comments and he said that it was right. part of the character of the thin white duke and then he moved from like California back to England to like get his shit together and like stop doing as many drugs and he he retired that kind of persona so I was hoping like when when Evan said it I was hoping like hell I was like is that like genuinely how he felt, or is that like, you know, was that like a character he was playing? So, He allegedly says it was a character. And yeah, David Bowie's got all sorts of other problematic shit in his history. But I was like, God damn, man. Like, I I thought, you know, just a few years later, he's, you know, uh, giving MTV shit for not playing black artists on their channel and stuff. I was like, what kind of like political swing did he get off of or get onto at, you know, different points in his career? So that's my search history. Those are the three things, like most recent things I've looked up. I was curious um, where you were, like if you were from Wilmington, if you grew up there. Yeah, yeah. Yep, born and that. raised here in Wilmington in the, the Cape Fear area. Uh, just, I guess technically it's outside of the city, city limits, but uh, the place I'm actually, like the little township, it's not even a township, it's not an incorporated area. It's got a Wikipedia entry, so God damn it, it counts. But uh monkey junction is the name of the place um monkey junction is uh just a little south of the wilmington city limits um we've got our own walmart and we've got our own home depot and our own lowe's so it's might as well be uh north north myrtle beach is what my dad called it whenever it started getting built up around here (laughs) um so uh yeah monkey junction is the area and that that uh name actually comes from there used to be a service station between here and uh, a little beach town called Carolina Beach, just across a place called Snow's Cut. And uh, a lot of these places are actually that show, you know, that show Outer Banks that people have been talking about? I've, I've heard of it. What, so, it, it, Outer Banks is like the show on Netflix that's like, it's kind of like an updated uh, version of like Dawson's Creek, which was filmed here in Wilmington. Um, but like, it's. bunch of ridiculously good looking kids and they they get in trouble and you know there's Mm -hmm. the right side of town and the wrong side of town. What's weird is those dudes are actually from Wilmington but they they placed everything in the Outer Banks but all the names for for places are actually uh, like places from around here so like the the heroes of the story live in a place called The Cut, which is a reference to Snow's Cut, which is like right where I'm I'm from, basically. Um the rich kids are from a place called Figure Eight. I think it's Figure Eight in the, the show, but that that is like a, a real wealthy like island with with big homes on it. I think Michael Jordan's got a house on there because he's from Wilmington. Um and then they they party a lot on Masonboro, which I do, too. (laughs) Like it's like Masonboro is like uh, this like kind of barrier island right off of uh, New Hanover County, Wilmington area. Um, So we, we, you know, get hop in the boat and go over there all the time. Um, So, yeah, that's that's where I'm from. Born and raised. Anyway, back to the monkey junction that you can cut all that that shit out by the way (laughs) but uh back to the monkey junction thing there used to be a service station here between uh like wilmington city limits and snow's cut and the guy had monkeys out and i don't know the actual species if they were like capuchin or something like that um but yeah he used to keep monkeys out in like a tree out in front of the service station and people used to you know on their way to carolina beach they would stop and that was kind of his like roadside attraction so that that gave it the name monkey junction a lot of background (laughs) on
0: an area that I thought I was somewhat familiar with, but I mean, I guess, you know, I haven't been there since I right. moved away from that area when I was like eight moving on. I have this, like I said, I, I very hastily assembled this uh, list of this yeah, list yeah. bullet points here. Um, skipping over a couple how, things, but how uh... long have you had that giant beard. <laughs> Listeners may not be aware. Like if you don't, uh, if you don't follow Chris Yamaguchi man on Twitter or, you know, haven't seen, the, I think you actually, your picture is now your actual face.
1: Right? Uh, no, I, you know what? I think I switched it back to Dale Earnhardt, uh, the oh. Raise Hell, okay. uh, Praise Dale, Burn Down Applebee's logo. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's, it's, I don't know that I've ever seen like a, a piece of art that kind of encompasses my immediate knee jerk uh, reaction to anything I quite like that little slogan. Yeah, I don't, I, I, obviously you know we've never met in
0: person or anything but I somehow it when I first saw that I was like
1: this I can just (laughs) so how long have you had that so um, I uh my first job uh, I ever had was working for a grocery store called Winn-Dixie um and uh they I'm trying to think the year I think it was like October of 2004 is when they filed for bankruptcy and they closed down most of their stores. I think there's still some down in Florida, but that was the last time I shaved um, was 2004. So I guess that's we're in this October will be 16 years since the last time I've taken like a, a razor to my face and been clean shaven. Um, so about 16 years now. And I, I trim it every once in a while. You know, you got to keep it healthy. You got to get the split ends, off of there and, like, when you're, you know, the little breaks in your hair and stuff. So I, I trim it, I take care of it, I shampoo it, I condition it, you know, right? Trying to be a, a, a slob about it or anything. I'll make sure I don't leave food in it or anything like that. But, um <laughs> yeah, that's how long I've had it. Um uh People are, sh- I think the most shocking thing people uh hear about it is that my wife has never seen my face clean-shaven before. And, like, so, for some reason, people, like, they get hung up on that fact sometimes um it's like they just can't believe that like she's never seen my chin or my jawline which i have a pretty prominent chin like i like i have like i have a good jawline or whatever but honestly like when i Uh, uh, I knew the, the fix was in as far as the hair on top of my head. So I just went ahead and started growing my beard out whenever that, uh, grocery store closed down. And I have navigated the world since then, you know, a lot of people think you can't get hired or you ain't trustworthy or, you know, either you, you, you're going to end up, you know, uh, uh, just beating people up at bars and shit, uh, the rest of your life. If you got a beard this big, but honestly, like I was growing this thing before the whole trend. Uh, it be before it came trendy to like have a beard or, or, you know, for beard clubs and, and all that, that shit like that. I've, I've had it before then. And I'll have it afterwards. Um, unless I get a wild hair up my ass and decide to shave it one night, um, which I don't foresee happening, but it could. Well, uh, you're a, uh, a, a... I'm a braver man than I.
0: I at least have like a higher tolerance for discomfort. I mean, I guess you get used to it oh, after man, I, a while, I, I, while,
1: but I don't even notice started... it's, it's there. It's not itchy in any way. It's, it's softer than most people's hair, you know, like it's, it's, it's actually, it's, it's, uh, a. <laughs> more people like my beard than they actually like me. So at this point I would be really fucking myself over if I shaved up. It's like, exactly. Part of your brand. exactly. It's it brand, is right? definitely. And, uh, yeah. just a, a, a side note. I do. Um, so I mentioned earlier, I'm ai a, detail cars for a living, but I'm also a wedding officiant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do 30 to 40 weddings a year. Um, and honestly, like the beard gets me more weddings than anything else Um, and by the way I don't know if if you said gigantic beard it's about I'd say it's about 13-14 inches long Maybe like it's definitely a foot at least. Yeah, that's that's a yeah, big beard in, in my book. It is. Yeah. Um, and it's hit terminal length, it doesn't really get longer than this. So I'll never catch up to Billy Gibbons or uh any of those dudes you see in like the Guinness World Record book and shit. But uh, yeah, so the the wedding officiant thing, I stick out like a sore thumb when people are like browsing online profiles of people's you know, of, of wedding officiants. So, uh, like, they, you know, when I meet with these couples and stuff and find out what they're looking for as far as the ceremony, um, I, I always ask them, like, so if you don't mind me asking, like, what, what did you just Google me or did you find me on some like wedding venue site? And when they say that they saw a picture of me, they always like they, their response is inevitably. Well, I, I hope you, I hope you don't mind, but like we we saw the beard and we we. Thought you looked you know kind of cool compared to the other you know bob barker like officiants you know the old old white haired <laughs> dudes that are are uh you know uh kind of look like pastors um because I, I again i stick out like a sore thumb but like it's been a part of my branding and it also works as like a filter for people if if a couple is like looking to get married and they are uh cool with my appearance then like they're, they're 99% of the time going to be cool about everything else. I'm not going to have to deal with broadzillas. I'm not going to have to deal with bad attitudes. Like they are low key. They are easy going. They are, you know, well, you know, everything you could
0: hope for as far as doing business. Uh, dude. Yeah. It sounds like you've, uh, you got a pretty good mm-hmm. system worked out there. Absolutely. Where, yeah. Man, that's like foolproof. Um, <clears throat> so let's see. I got through the beard. Um, Oh, music. What's, what's your story with
1: Uh, music? So, um, let's see. How did I, so I think I started playing guitar when I was 13. Um, and I, I started, I, I tell one of the guys that was in, in my wedding, uh, one of my good friends, Frankie. Uh, he got an acoustic guitar and I thought if that idiot can play this thing, I can play this thing too. So, uh, and I've, I've told him that many times. And so I, I'm the one that stuck with it though. He, he, I don't think he plays very much anymore. Um, He may, maybe strum, but like I, I told my dad, I wanted for my, my 13th or 14th birthday, I wanted to get an acoustic guitar. So he's a, he's a bluegrass picker. He plays dulcimer actually um, like lap dulcimer. Oh, so nice. uh, like I grew up with, gigantic parties at my house, um, with, uh, he was in the film business for about 35, 40 years and the crew that he used to work with all the time, everybody played like a different instrument. So we'd have banjo pickers and upright bass and guitar players, and he'd be on, you know, dulcimer and mandolin pickers and stuff. So I grew up around live music, just in the house all the time. Um, And so he uh, went out and he found the best sounding guitar he could find um, that wasn't an arm and a leg. And so I I stuck with it. I still got still my acoustic guitar that I play to this day. Um, And uh, so, yeah, it just it just kept snowballing from there. I just kept playing and kept playing. And, you know, uh, eventually, um, because guitar players are kind of a dime a dozen um, in a lot of towns, I started playing bass um, for a, a band called Rapture Cabaret which uh was like a kind of like a uh, an at the gates kinda metal um band uh breakdowns and all that good shit and uh yeah you oh, can yeah. You, you, i think that album is streaming still um i think it got put up but uh we we did one album and put that out and then uh i played in another band called uh uh beard of antlers uh played bass and did vocals in that one Um, and that's more of like a stoner doom kind of like super ungodly heavy, uh, uh, band inspired by bands like, uh, sleep and Sabbath and, and things like that. Um, and then the current band I'm in, uh, uh, is a band called Bandolero, um, uh, which is uh, Spanish for bandit. And, uh, we just like the, the sound of it and kind of rolled off the tongue a little bit. Uh, but it's kind of like, a um honestly like i don't like to over classify rock and roll like if it's, if it's rock and roll it's rock and roll you know and and it's kind of like we've heard we've had people say it, it sounds like a mix between like queens of the stone age and zz top um which uh i will gladly take both of those as compliments um if if we come anywhere close to that and we cover a lot of zz top songs just because it's in the wheelhouse and we we love top as a band so um and you have the look. Yeah, exactly. So. And actually, this past Halloween, right, yeah. um, we did a Halloween show at a local bar here called Reggie's 42nd Street Tavern. And they do a huge Halloween show every year where they get local bands to learn an entire cover set and dress up as the band and kind of in character, like perform for the Halloween show. So we did ZZ Top and Perfect. I ordered like a this fancy ass jacket and a hat and the shades and everything. And we all were kind of like different versions of our, our, you know, counterparts. Um, and my birth name is Willie W I L L I E So I was Willie F Gibbons for halloween and uh and i was i told the crowd i was billy's cousin his throat was hurting a little bit so i was going to do vocals and play rhythm and sit in with the band and shit so uh man i I leaned into it because there's nothing i hate worse than somebody half-assing a performance of something so i i leaned into it as hard as i could and they absolutely loved it we we it was was probably the funnest show i've ever played Yeah, leaning into it. That's half-assing something.
0: Especially if you're performing like... It's, it, it makes it less fun for oh, everyone it's, it's involved. Impair- like, like
1: I feel for someone who like can't commit to a performance in some way, like whether it be like uh, comedy or music or theater or something. Like if I get the sense that they don't want to be on mm-hmm. stage, I like want to crawl into a hole and die on their behalf. Like it's so, it's <sighs> so cringy to me. And, and so I can't if i get on stage i i go full bore like i I can't i can't do anything half-assed when it comes to-
0: just getting up there and just ex- every bit of energy energy that we had like not leaving anything left right. over
1: by the time the absolutely set was done, right? absolutely like my, my favorite thing is to be exhausted uh after a show because i have Gosh. uh you know shown my ass and
0: okay well that does it for this episode once again He is Christy Yamaguchi-Main, that's at Crispy Meme Donut on Twitter. Uh, I am Haas Bossman, that's Haas underscore Bossman on Twitter. And on YouTube, just search for Haas Bossman, you'll find me there. My channel, I'm launching a couple of new channels soon, within probably the next couple weeks. Um, At least one of them within the next couple weeks. Over the next month, um, I have just a bunch of ideas for stuff that I'm going to take some stuff from back when I was an English teacher and sort of reformat it, uh, some of my lesson plans and stuff about critical thinking and stuff that I just thought was really fun and kind of try to do something with it for YouTube and make some videos out of it. I think that'll be pretty cool and just be a way to kind of sort of use my degree. Well. I love you guys and I thank you so much. And please tune in next week for part two of the Christy Yamaguchi Main interview, The Seminal Moment in American History. Oh, and the song we're writing out on, uh, I don't remember which one I chose. I liked a lot of the songs. This is Christy Yamaguchi Main's band, Bandoleros. Check them out on Bandcamp. Uh, This is a full song. It's not copyrighted, so I'm just going to play the whole thing as we ride out here. Check them out on Bandcamp, Bandolero. Uh, So here's this song. I can't remember which one I picked, but I did download one last night. And I'm going to shut up now. Everybody, have a wonderful weekend. I will hopefully be in your ear orifices soon. It's a bridge.